It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for being with us today. You are listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. You can visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com, and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions, and our blog as well. Today, our guest is Sherry Alamanda. Sherry is a professionally trained portrait artist and teacher who loves sharing her knowledge of art with others. Her training began at age 12 at the Art School of Oil Painting, where she learned the old master's techniques she uses in her work and teaches her students today. Sherry has painted live at the Museum of TV and Radio in Beverly Hills, the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, and while painting live at the New York Art Expo, was discovered and nominated for the first ever Academy Awards for Art, the Art TV Awards. She has been a guest speaker aboard Royal Caribbean and Celebrity Cruise Ships, as well as in Europe aboard Oriental Lines. She has appeared on numerous TV shows, including Good Day New York. Well, good morning, Sherry, and thank you for joining us on An Artist Speaks. Good morning, Mike, and thank you for having me. Well, let's start off this morning asking you to tell our listening audience a little more about yourself. I am newly married, and the portrait that you'll see on the website entitled Proposal is that of my husband, my new husband. Uh And I am an artist and a mother and a teacher, and I am very blessed because these are three things that I've wanted all my life, and now these are the things that I have become. Well, you've already, I was going to ask you, if <laughs> proposal was, uh, had uh, a significant meaning for you, and I see that it does. Well, that's wonderful. That painting has a lot of meaning for me, and the name, the full name of the title is Proposal, She Said Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, Sherry, when did you first become interested in creating art? I have been an artist my whole life. When I was four, I told my parents that I would be an artist when I grew up. From the time that I was a child, I've known this is in my blood, this is in my soul. There's nothing else that I can do or want to do. Well, that's very interesting. So you just knew early on that you wanted to be an artist. I find from a lot of people that are creative, whether it's the music or dance, theater or art, that there's sort of a a little hidden drive in them somewhere, 
and that's been part of them, part of their DNA makeup from when they were born. Well, that is a, a good point. They, a lot of great people knew early on, so that that is that is very interesting. Was there a defining moment or an event when you decided you were an artist? I believe for me, the moment that I stepped into my first art school and I looked around at all of the people sitting in front of easels painting and the smell of the oil paint and the turpentine, I still love that smell. Looking around at the beautiful works of art they were creating, each one different and unique, and I felt that I had arrived home. I knew this was the place that I wanted to be and that I would be spending a lot of time in this studio. Well, how much time do you spend in the studio, Sherry? I spend a great deal of time in my studio. There are days that it feels like 24-7. When I begin a painting, I become enraptured with it. I fall prey to the challenges that it poses me. And when I am working, especially on a portrait, I'm looking to create not just the resemblance of the person that I'm painting, but the spark that makes them who they are. I'm looking to create the personality and that little glint in their eye so that people not only recognize the portrait as a reproduction of what the person looks like, but what the person feels like, sounds like, what their actions are. I want my portraits to come alive. So when I'm painting, it sort of captures me in this moment that I'm trying to preserve onto a canvas. Well, you certainly are able to do that. Uh, I believe portrait artists, is one of the hardest from the technical. And then the other issue is, you know, you have an automatic critique from the person that you're, you're doing the portrait of. So I think that it's a very difficult, but your your portraits are just, they're lifelike. And I don't know, Thank I think you. that is probably the highest compliment I can give. They, they I'm sure you're, they, they enjoy their their portraits. Well, the way that I work with portrait art is that I need to meet the people or hear stories about the people. And when I do a painting, it's not paid for until the viewer or the purchaser or the person that commissioned it is thoroughly satisfied and wants to run out and show the world, look at this magnificent piece that we've just had painted and you know, welcome their neighbors and friends and family in to really um, see the person that's been immortalized in a portrait. Sherry, can you go into a little more detail in the process that you go through when uh, you're doing a portrait? Yes, I'd love to, Mike. When I start a painting, the first thing that I do is gather information about the person, work with them on what they're trying to achieve here. Are they looking to capture someone at the pinnacle of their success as a business person or as a member of the clergy? Are they looking to capture children when they're being their most, you know, angelic and beautiful or their most whimsical and charming? Are they looking to capture the look in your husband's eye when he's proposing to you or a famous person and capture her radiance in a canvas? When I start a painting, once I have my information and I know what I'm going to be painting, the first thing I do is I bless the canvas and I say a prayer for the person or for the person's family should the person no longer be with us. And I pray that the person have a good, healthy, happy life and that the work that I'm doing, I believe the work that 
I'm doing is a gift and that it's a gift that you cherish and you nurture. And so I always um, say, let this work flow freely through me onto the canvas and let me do a good job. And I begin to paint. And if you've ever seen movies where people's eyes sort of roll back in their heads and they go into a trance, I think that might be what I look like a little bit because I'll start painting and then a few hours will go by and then more hours will go by and all of a sudden I'll realize my hand's getting a little tired and I'll stop and I'll sort of snap out of the daze and I'll look back and I'll be like, wow, I can't believe I just did that. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, tell me, how long normally, on average, would you say that it takes you to complete one of your portraits from start to finish? Every painting is different, Mike, and there are certain paintings that pose specific challenges. If I'm working from a photographic reference and I don't have a very good detailed view of the person, then it will take a little bit longer. Um, the painting of my husband, I think, took me a couple of weeks, but I was only able to work on it on and off for an hour here or an hour there. Um, other paintings, I'm working on a landscape now. Um, that's a commission piece. It's lovely, and that's taking a few days. Landscapes seem to go quickly. Portraits take a little bit longer because you really want to capture um, – it, it's really – capturing the likeness of a person is easy, but capturing that glint and that spark, that's where it gets to be tricky. When you're able, how much time do you spend with the subject? As much as I can. I like them to really get to know me and for me to get to know them. Now, it's nice to be able to have somebody sit with you while you're painting because then you really get to know that person. But a lot of times, you know, you're working with overseas clients or clients that live out of state, and so you're working from a photograph. And that's when things like Skype come in handy um, or even hearing a person's voice and getting to know their personality. So it's the essence of the person that I'm striving to reproduce. Sherry, how many portraits have you done in your career? Oh, my gosh, that's countless. I, I wouldn't even know where to be I would not even know where to begin to count. Um let's see, I'm painting for thirty blah, 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 years. So there's there's quite a few out there. I'm sure they are. And I'm sure that you do receive a lot of commissions because your work is just stunning. Thank you so much. Is there an artist that you believe your work is similar to? That's a hard question to answer. The portraits that I do I believe are pretty much photorealism, but when I paint murals on a large scale, then I try to paint in the style that comes from my heart, and that would be neoclassical style, truly the style of the old masters, um, the style of da Vinci, the style of Michelangelo, the, the coloring and texture of Rembrandt. And while I could not possibly consider to put myself in their category, the feeling of an old world, old master painting is the feeling that I look to convey with my artwork. You mentioned landscaping and the murals. Uh, what other type of art do you paint? Through the years, from when I was a child to now, I have made my living as an artist and have been very creative in making that living. I have been a decorative painter. I have painted murals and portraits. 
I have, in my early days as a, as a mural artist, I have painted Cinderella and Mickey Mouse with the realization that while it's not the Mona Lisa, to somebody that Mickey Mouse mural was important and something that meant a lot to them. Artists need to be open-minded and creative when you want to make a living as an artist and realize that sometimes you'll be able to make a good living doing things that maybe aren't using your strongest points but will keep food on the table and a roof over your head and allow you the time to develop your art and the pieces that are really speaking to you from inside of you. Your murals, uh, how large are they? Let's see. Through the years, I have painted murals that were probably about 12 feet by 16 feet that would be on walls in homes. Um, I painted, now I'm a Mets fan, Mike, and one of the murals that I did is of Yankee Stadium, and it was the last inning when they won the World Series, and that was a tough one for me to paint. And it came out beautiful. Everybody loved it. But I wore a Mets T-shirt while painting it as a sign of my rebellious nature. (laughs) Uh, In New York, you're one or the other, and there's usually no no crossover there. (laughs) And it's hard. I have to be honest with you. My husband, Anthony, is a Yankee fan, but I'm slowly Uh, bringing him over to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and my wife is a Washington Redskins fan, so I can relate to that. All right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, you know, it is difficult for a lot of people to, to make a living in art. And I, you know, in your bio, you're you're teaching the process that you use in doing your portraits. Is that your way of kind of giving back, I, I assume? I give back in a lot of ways because I believe that when you have a passion in life, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to share that passion. And sometimes it means sharing it with a, you know, a highly prized commission portrait. And sometimes it's sharing it by going into schools and lecturing. And this is something that I do quite a lot of. I really enjoy it. I have PowerPoint presentations that I give on cruise ships. And I really love to share that with people, but my favorite is going into the schools and doing a presentation on why does the Mona Lisa smile and the secret behind the painting. These are presentations that are geared towards uh, towards people that know about art but maybe don't have an art history degree, um, but like to know, you know, why is this painting? What, what happened with this painting? Why is this special? And something that I have been really getting a lot of um, enjoyment out of lately is going into schools and working with classes of kids and teaching them about art history in a way that's fun and informative and interactive, you know, hearing their responses and their um, their ideas, their feelings about art, and really trying to get the message out to them while our art programs in schools are being cut there's still a lot of ways that you can learn about art and you can make a living as an artist. So be encouraged and be creative. Well, that's wonderful. And one of my concerns for a while has been as, you know, budgets get tied, uh, art and music always seem to be the first casualties of that. And, And I think that, you know, we lose 
we, we probably lose musicians and, and, and young artists because they're just never given the encouragement or the opportunity to see if they have a talent. This is true. What I worry about also is the techniques that painters like me use these old master techniques that really have to be taught and passed along from generation to generation, a lot of the schools really have to gear their programs towards new technology, towards computer graphics and, you know, things that can be done with different materials than artists have used in the past. And while these new materials are very important, there's something to be said about preserving the way that painters have worked for the last 500 years. And this is why I'm opening a school to teach the next generation. Here is how you work with oil paint. And, yes, it takes a little bit longer to work with, but the results are like nothing that you could possibly get from any other medium, including a computer. May I ask who taught you the process? Yes, and I'm very glad to share that name. A gentleman named Ted Fogel, who I was recently able to track down. He is now 91 years old. He opened up the Art School of Oil Painting in Brooklyn, and he is still alive and well. I had a couple of hour long conversation with him about two or three weeks ago, and while he remembers things better in the past, his his memory now isn't so great, but speaking to him about art and the painting technique that he taught me, he sounded like he was a a 35-year-old man again, talking about scumbling and breaking in colors and glazes and impastos and it was just a wonderful experience being able to speak with my teacher. Well, that's wonderful and certainly shows that it's your passion and it sounds like it was his passion as well. Yes, it was. Well, sure, I believe this is a good spot uh, to take a short commercial break, so if you'll just hang on a moment, we'll be right back with you. Sounds good. I just want to remind the audience that you can view and purchase Sherry Alamanda's artwork by going to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com, click on the Artist tab, and then on Sherry's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants today. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, please visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com. And please stay tuned for some exciting information at the end of this show regarding the Miami Art Week coming up in December of this year and how you can join Contemporary Art Gallery at this largest art show in North America. And again, remind you to view Sherry's stunning artwork and to re-listen to this interview and, of course, purchase some of Sherry's art. Please click on the Artist tab and then on Sherry's name. Well, Sherry, before we start talking about your art, and I know we've kind of talked about the process, but uh, for those in the audience that may not uh, get some of the terminology, uh, describe what glazing is when you're doing your portraits. If you think about, I'll give you two examples that people will understand. And for the ladies, that would be if you paint your nails red, The first coat that you put on is a little bit sheer, and the next coat that you put on goes even deeper, and if you want it really deep, you'll put a third coat on. And you can think about it as varnishing a table or staining a table. The first coat you put on goes on light. 
the next coat goes deeper. And if you put polyurethane on it, the polyurethane will bring out the color. And basically, all of these methods of painting are pretty much the same as glazing. When you glaze, you're working on a base of an opaque paint. And that means paint that has some white in it. So if I'm working on a blue sky, I will have a blue sky that's got a lot of white in it. And if I want the color to come in richer and deeper and more vibrant, I will mix some glazing medium, which is sort of like a, think about what polyurethane looks like. It's sort of a, a yellowish, clear, shiny consistency. And I'll mix that with some blue paint. And that will be very translucent and very sheer. And I'll start to glaze, meaning just basically softly brushing this medium mixed with some blue paint into my sky. And the more coats of this glaze I put in, creates a luminous, beautiful blue that if I had painted this with just using blue and white and then putting blue on top, it wouldn't have the same glow. It wouldn't have the same look. And that's really the basic trick to the style of painting that I do. A lot of layers of these thin washes of color, as you build the layers up one on top of the other, you can adjust your color to get an even more luminous view. Well, that is a very interesting technique. And I know in looking at the portraits that you submitted for the art contest, they're almost 3D-like. Thank you, Mike. This is what I'm looking to produce with the artwork. But it's really with the glazing technique that I use. That's the secret. And I believe this is something that can be taught because it's like painting your nails or varnishing a table. Anybody can do it. And with the right guidance and the right knowledge, anybody can paint. Well, I'm not sure that I could paint. Mike, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, because my husband, Anthony, just completed his first painting, and it is magnificent. We worked for about three hours, and he produced a landscape that is absolutely beautiful. You just have to know the right technique. It's like algebra. When they teach you X plus Y equals Z, you didn't know that before they taught you. But once you learn it, you can take that formula, and you can incorporate it into anything. Painting is the same thing. Well, not only are you a great artist, but evidently you're a great teacher, too, and I applaud you for that. Thank you very much. Well, we, you talked a little bit about Proposal, um, which was the winning piece in the um, March art competition for you. Is there any more you would like to, to talk about in that particular piece? I have two more pieces that are online. And I would love to share the stories behind those two paintings. Okay. And the, the next painting that is up on the website is called Ellen. Ellen was painted for a pilot for a television show that I was doing called Portrait Painting 101. And Ellen was done in about six hours. So this was an opportunity for me to paint something. Let's see how fast... I can paint something in order to show this technique. And I chose Ellen DeGeneres because I felt that she was a woman that broke through a ceiling for a lot of women that are out there and a lot of people out there. I have a great deal of respect for her work, and she is the person that I chose to paint. The next piece is one of my favorite pieces besides Proposal, and it is called Angels. 
and the angels are my daughters. On the left, we have Julia, and on the right, we have Ariana. And Julia is now 17. Ariana is now 20. The time goes by so fast, and I'm very happy that I... Yes, it does. And I'm very happy that I have this painting of them because I've immortalized this time of their life when they were truly angelic and truly, you know, just God's creatures. And there's another picture of them in these dresses with the wings when you could have put devil's horns on them because they were both looking at each other like they were going to strangle each other. <laughs> so I was able to capture I was able to capture a moment in time when my children were at their most angelic beautiful and capture it on a canvas and this canvas will be around for the next 500 years. Well, your work is very awesome and as I said before and you you definitely have a great talent and I'm glad that you're that you're using it and that you're also passing it on. So that that is just wonderful. Thank you, Mike. Well, what other projects are you working on now? I'm working on a triptych for a spiritual client, and he has all types of um, imagery that is very specific for him. And these paintings, so there's a there's a bunch of uh, portraits that are in it, and they're scenes from the old the Old Testament. And these paintings, there's going to be um, it, it's a, actually a diptych, not a triptych. So there'll be two paintings, and they're they're pretty decent sized paintings, three feet by two feet, with a lot of detail work in them. And this painting will be very interesting when it's complete because this is really from the person that's commissioned it. It's from his imagination. He's telling me what he's looking to convey and he's looking to have this painted in the style of the old masters. So this will be challenging for me um, and we're in the initial setup parts of this project right now. So this will be a challenge to me as an artist and as a woman who is spiritual to be able to combine what he is seeing with the type of painting that he's looking for while putting some of my artistic merit into it as well. Well, that's very interesting, and I'm sure in your line of work you've, you've had opportunities to explore and, and collaborate with other people on these type of projects. A lot of the work that I do is by commission, and when you're working with people with what they are trying to get onto a canvas because a lot of people have great ideas but they don't have the skills or the time to execute them and so when I'm working with somebody who has also got a very fertile creative mind and we're working in collaboration and I'm trying to take what it is they're looking to communicate to the world that's sort of that's a different type of challenge you know it's one thing to to take somebody's portrait and paint it it's another thing to take somebody's dream, what they're envisioning. And that's kind of a fun thing because you're making somebody's dream come true. So those types of projects I really enjoy. I like giving that gift to a person of taking, you know, let me see what's going on in your mind and let me see if I can capture it onto a canvas. Well, that's just very wonderful. Um, tell our audience, what is your art philosophy? My art philosophy... A lot of artists have what they call artist statements, where they speak about the esoteric, the esoteric terms of indifference that come to them when they blah, 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 blah. This artist wants to paint people so that they feel alive. 
I look to capture the soul and the spirit and the essence of person that I'm painting. I'm looking to create something that people will want to look at in 500 years. I want to paint things that are full of passion and life and endurance that will memorialize this person so that in the years to come, it will remain a prized, cherished piece of art, whether it's in a home or in a museum. Well, we certainly see the passion that you have in in your work, and it certainly your, your philosophy certainly does shine through in your artwork. That's good, Mike. That's, that's really important to me. I I I paint honestly. I I paint. I try to paint as beautifully as I can, and I try to get that message across. This is not about something people have to understand or have to be educated. They should be able to look at my work and just say, "That's a beautiful painting." And I I see, you know, I see Anthony's face in that in that painting, and I know that that's him. I see his essence, his spirit. Well, I know my wife is an artist, more of an impressionist type painter. And we go to the museums, of course, she'll go, you know, to, you know, the modern art area, the Impressionist guard. I always drift over towards the old masters and the portrait of art because I just, I've always been amazed and at how lifelike the portraits and, or their, you know, some of these, you go to some of these museums and some of these are huge murals. Uh, with multiple people, so it's not just you know painting one person and and trying to catch their essence. They were you know doing Gordon Five, and I'm sure you've done too. I, I just find that amazing. I do as well, and I, like you, when I go to a museum, those are the types of paintings I automatically get pulled to. And there are paintings. Um, I was at the Met recently, and there's a painting by an artist called um, Bougereau, and. I literally stood in front of the painting and stared at a foot for about 45 minutes because I was so amazed by the amount of detail and the color and the shading and how smooth the brush strokes were. Can you imagine just staring at a foot for 45 minutes and and just being so enraptured by a toe that you couldn't be pulled mm-hmm. away from it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes, because you're just trying to you know soak it all in and absorb as much of it as you can. Yeah, I'm looking at it and analyzing the colors and and why is that foot, to me, so amazing? And how do I learn from this painting? Because I believe that no matter what stage of life you're at, as an artist or a musician or a dancer or an actor, you should be teaching and learning all the time, sharing what you know and learning from others so that you're constantly expanding your knowledge. Well, Sherry, we're getting near the end of the show. And there is a question that I always ask all of our guests, and as an artist that is making a living doing her artwork, what advice do you have for those people that's starting out to be an artist? Believe in yourself. People will always tell you along the way that you can't do it, no matter how good you are or how talented you are. But believe in yourself. If there's a part of you that is still striving to create and to make more art, regardless of what type of critique you're getting from anywhere, believe in yourself. Keep doing it. Keep pushing forward. Attend classes. Learn how to draw better, how to paint better. Learn new techniques. 
paint as much as possible or draw or sculpt whatever it is that you do. If you've got the bug and you've got the fire in you, it will not be quenched until you work at it. The more that you work at your art, the better it will be. The artwork that you create will last forever. It's a gift that you're giving to future generations. So share it. The world needs it. The world very badly needs art. So continue, thrive, grow, create. Well, you're so true. The world does. And I want to thank you for your sharing of your art with the world and especially your your teaching of, of your artistic style uh, to future generations. Uh, I, I can't applaud that enough. Thank you, Mike. This is something that I feel very blessed to be able to do and very lucky to give back. Well, we're lucky that you're here giving back. So <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, Sherry, thank you for joining us this morning on An Artist Speaks. Thank you very much, Mike. This was a lot of fun. Well, I've certainly enjoyed speaking with you and, and look forward uh, to seeing more of your artwork uh, on the gallery and Contemporary Art Gallery online in the future. And I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Sherry Alamanda's stunning artwork, to re-listen to this interview and, of course, purchase some of Sherry's stunning art, please click on the Artist tab and then on Sherry Alamanda's name. I would like to inform everyone that Contemporary Art Gallery Online has launched a monthly art competition. To compete, go to Contemporary Art Gallery Online and click on the Art Competition tab. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is going to Miami and we want you to join us. In the first week of December of this year, the art world will descend on the sandy shores of South Beach, the bustling downtown of Miami, and the influential art and design district. Thousands of collectors, dealers, curators, and artists will be feverishly soaking in the creativity of artists from around the world. The five most influential art expos chose Paradise to be the backdrop for galleries from around the world to display their best works of art. Here you will see works by some of the most prominent artists as well as that of emerging artists who show a strong point of view. Last year there were over 21,000 collectors, curators, artists, connoisseurs, and designers during opening night, and over 80,000 people attended over a six-day period. Besides thousands of people viewing your work, many of the attendees are in a position to purchase your work. This is an exclusive and important chance to expose your work to people who have the ability to put your career on the fast track. Don't miss out on this excellent opportunity. To learn more on how you can join Contemporary Art Gallery and reserve your space at the largest art show in North America, go to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and click on the Miami Art Week tab. But don't delay, space is limited. Well, again, I'd like to thank everyone for being with us today. And Artist Speaks airs every other Saturday. So we'll see you again in two weeks. Have a great rest of your weekend.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.